Hello and welcome to the Fizzle Show. Yeah, yeah. That's right. These are honest conversations about building businesses in the real world. Every Friday, we publish another conversation about doing better work for more impact and more income. In this conversation, we share our thoughts and experiences with 10 marketing and growth channels. You need to know about each one of these. And we also walk you through a growth model that we've adopted here at Fizzle that's helped how we pursue growth immensely. There are three of us hosts here. I'm Chase Reeves, the sort of silly one. Corbett Barr is the uber-experienced one. And Barrett Brooks is the intelligent one. All right, that's it for me. You can follow along at home at fizzleshow.co slash 107. I'll be back after this conversation, so let's get into it. And we're back! I think we're going to start every episode with it. We're back! <laughs> we're back! Back in the saddle again! Woo! All right, everybody, we're back again! We got Barrett Brooks on the mic, Corbett on my left, and I am Chase Warman Reeves, the Wolf Man! Hello. How you guys doing? Blah, 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 blah. All right, here we go. We're getting back into the... Dude, hold on. Listen, this is going to be Barrett. Do it. <laughs> it's really good. That's it's, pretty good. It's the uh, the thing when uh, when, uh, when when Jim Carrey is uh, uh, turns into God or whatever or doesn't or he, he does it. No, he does it to uh, to what's his name in in. Um, and Bruce Almighty. He's got also oh, Morgan so Freeman. many of those scenes. <laughs> no, like he that, does though. it, too. Uh, Morgan Freeman. Uh, Morgan Freeman. <laughs> what, is, what is reality, really? I, w- <laughs> I wish I could do him good Morgan Freeman. And that's yeah. uh, Master Wayne. <laughs> I made you a badass car. <laughs> nope. Not even close. Speaking of Morgan not Freeman, close. we're going to get into our show today. Uh, Barrett has prepared for us a list of... Tell us about it. What do you got? What are we doing? All right. So uh, we're bringing a new member onto the team. This is some some pretext for this whole thing. Bringing Pre- a new member onto the team. Pretext. Uh, approximately three days after this episode airs, actually. Oh, boy. Uh, we're not going to talk about that, though. Uh, but Yet. with that, I'm moving into more of like a marketing and growth-oriented role. Where's your hair moving? Because it looks strong. Real strong. Wherever it's moving, it's in a strong direction. <laughs> it goes where I go. So Barrett has a good it's hair. Moving, wherever it's moving, it's in the opposite direction of mine. <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't need to. Come on. We'll we'll have a funeral for your hair one day, <laughs> but for Bar- Barrett's is just being born right now. I mean, I don't know if you know, but his yeah. products like sort of like come out of his hair and it's like poofing up, mm-hmm. sort of pompadoury, yeah, up and over the headphones. So back to the topic. Uh, I've been <laughs> looking into some marketing growth stuff lately. You know, like hey, what do we want to do here? Yeah, is this like a medical on? condition or? Yes, it is a growth. You guys, we're we're in a silly mood today. We should we tell people. Mood. This yeah. it, we've been together. It's getting a little stir crazy situation here. Yep. Barrett is out in Oregon. Yep, where uh, Oregon. Chase and I reside. Mm-hmm. You can't live here if you're going to call it that. Okay, Oregon. <laughs> um, and uh, we've been together working hard for a couple of weeks. We have really launched have. some important stuff. We've got some important stuff coming up, and uh, we shouldn't belittle this situation because we seriously have a new person coming on. We're really excited we really about. No, and no, yeah. Barrett is about to embark on a new role. Indeed, and this is a big deal. Yeah, yeah. Good time. We're giving you the keys to the car. Yeah, and you're 15. Yeah, yeah. I'm and try not to wreck it. Don't get anybody pregnant, please. Please. I mean, uh, so <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I mean, we are, we are, we really are morning zoo, aren't we? 
A little we kind bit. of are. Yeah. All right, let's get back to the rock. That's where we. That's how we default. All yeah. right, we got some classic rock coming up for you today. Here's one funny from the from the website. From you? the vault. <laughs> from the vault. What do you call? What's black and white and red all over? <laughs> How about the cover of ACDC's new album? All right, here we go. <laughs> so I was looking at Chase's bookshelf the other day here in Oregon. And uh, he had this book called Traction, A Startup Guide to Getting Customers. And it was like, hey, that's relevant right now. And this is a book that Corbett loves to point out. I have, but have not read. Correct. So I stole it and started but I, writing But I will give it. you my opinion about it. <laughs> you actually never read Good. a book before. You'll, uh, <laughs> you'll, you. you'll mansplain to me about Traction? Oh, man. No. I w- it's not mansplaining. I guess, yeah. It wouldn't be. No, it would be. It literally would be. I mean, it's a form of mansplaining because he is a man and he is explaining things. But right. it's really just uninformed uh, blathering. Yeah, blathering. Well, Chase never debatable. does that, though. No. So that's debatable. Okay, so this is written by two... Uh, I still know who Austin Kleon is. Two people, Gabrielle Weinberg and Justin Mayers. Uh, one of them is the founder of DuckDuckDuckGo, Duck, which is an alternative search I'm already engine. bored. Go to the next part. Yeah, anyway, so they know what they're doing. And uh, they wrote this book about... They included 19 growth channels hmm. uh, that a startup or a small business can use to grow their business over time. Mm-hmm. And the whole idea of the book is to give you kind of a method to test these different growth channels and then use them to grow your business. So we're not probably going to get through all 19, but we can jump into Give me an of idea of a... Right, what so are we talking about? Well, like, what's an right. example? So let's set this up. So typically at Fizzle, we talk about content marketing, which is blogging, podcasting, or video. So is right? that one channel? Or that is, is that one channel. So content marketing in this book is just one of 19 potential Whoa. growth channels. Well, right? we're really not maximizing our growth channels. Oh, dude, we should max our grow. Dude, we should totally right. hire someone to do that. And so we need to see Alice What for kind blog. of situations does this apply to? Well, the idea that they give you is they call it the uh, bullseye method, and it's not that complicated. They basically say, start by testing three or four growth channels to see what might work for your business. And asking your doctor, you know, is this a natural, is this like, Correct. is it growing, Beware. is it Don't take, this, Don't take this as medical advice, yeah. right? Uh, but you start with three or four different methods, test them out without spending a bunch of money on them, and see if you can grow your audience or gain more customers using that channel. And then try to hone in on the one that will help you make a meaningful impact on your business in the short term. All right. So their idea is you go through these stages of growth Mm -hmm. where you try a few things and then hone in on the one that's going to work best for you right now. Yep. And use that until you kind of plateau uh, your your business growth plateaus. Okay. And then start over. All right. It's kind of a cycle of growth. Right. So you go, oh, okay. So they're talking about like one at a time. These are going in, in they serial, really not want parallel. You to like hone in on one channel that's going to work really well for your business. Which is interesting. Day. I mean, cause in our business, we've gotten to a plateau from, uh, a plateau E from, right. you know, we've come from all content marketing. Right. And we know that world just as, be- as good yeah. as anyone else. Content marketing and partnerships or right. affiliate relationships. Yep. Yeah. Affiliate yeah. type stuff. But yep. who are all content marketers, and, right? And customer referrals. Mm-hmm. Those are like our big drivers. Yeah. And then we, but we see most of our growth coming from that one channel on content marketing, particularly from our own blog. Mm-hmm. And, and then, podcast. It, and then it kind of, then it kind of like goes like, okay, so this is, it's got this nice, nice, like slow grow mm-hmm. line going. Yep. Kind of like maybe that's signaling, okay, try another another thing. Right. And if you really want to see a, a big increase in growth, then you need to find a new one. And their point in the beginning of the book is that a lot of people assume that certain growth channels won't work for their business for one reason or another. Mm-hmm. And so they just never try them. Right. But you never know if you don't try them. Yeah, like, um, for instance, walking around on the street and uh, picking up people's windshield wipers and like stuffing a little... Uh, yeah, it's, sta- it's standard. It's strategic. We've yeah. never tried that. That's we've exactly never tried where we it. We're going to start. I uh, the windshields uh, channel is one that's mm-hmm. been on my spreadsheet for right. a long time. So, all right. To recap here, though, you're saying that they say find one that works for you, 
or to layer them on. So their point is, uh, let's say you are, you have, or let's take us. So we have whatever going on 2000. Take my wife. No, take her. (laughs) (laughs) So at the time of this recording, we have about 2000 members total Mm -hmm. at fizzle. So a meaningful amount of growth for us by the end of this year would be 3000 members, let's say. Mm -hmm. And so what we try to do is to test a few of these channels and find the one that we think that we would bet is going to help us get to 3,000. Got it. So for this phase of our business, focus in on just one channel. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then you can go search for more after that. And I want to provide a little context to this because I don't even know if we actually really dabbled in it uh, earlier. You are all, moving into this head of growth stage. Indeed. And something that's been really, really, uh, which is, you know, might be uh, maybe classically known as a you know marketing person marketing officer mar- something like that right um in the startup world we got to give everything you know, you're chief chief disruption uh officer so much, or something yeah but uh what's been really helpful for me is one day corbett and you and i were all sitting together and um we were we were at a uh i think we were at a bar we were about a bar in mexico and we were talking about this and corbett came up with something brilliant he said barrett you're going to be thinking about the like the next thousand people and Chase, you think about the experience of every one person, you know? So to me, that spoke volumes immediately because I realized like how those are two very different modes to be in. But every business venture that I've been in, I've been kind of trying to do both of those. Yep. Yeah. Not actually, you know how we, we have that CEO and worker B yep. mode thing where we talk about? We When you identify that, you realize... There's two different modes, right? And I can choose which one I'm in. Yeah. So identifying that for me was super helpful. I didn't know that I was kind of going. I was trying to be both and, and you can do both, right? But you yeah. just have to make that men- mental shift. And I, I think this is uh, part of the power of the team that we're it's the power of now. Eckhart Tolle. Yeah, that we've put together, um, which is that I'm prone to think about the thousand. Yeah. And not necessarily very good at thinking about the one, the experience of the one, and. You, I think, yeah, are, kind of, I, you come to that naturally. I, my, yeah, I, I, I think it was apart. like a weight off your shoulders. To I, say, totally. like, I don't have to think about the thousands of people that we need to attract, right? Because you don't want to ruin the experience that one person has. No, because that's what I live for. Yeah, that's what I live for. Is like still like you little, know, little like, little bite sized. Like, dad, dad didn't hug me enough or something because yep. all I want to do is make people I've never seen before like me. Yep, or like my thing that I made. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I'm very, very motivated by that, especially tall, broad shouldered men. <laughs> yeah, like middle aged, you know, maybe soon to turn sixty. Uh-huh. You know, maybe it's weird. It's weird. Like likes to golf. <laughs> yeah, do you like do you golf? Would you be my dad? <laughs> my dad's great. Um, but but to me, I, I think this would resonate with a lot of people in our audience because we attract a lot of those people who are like, I want to do this honestly. I want to do this good. I want to do this like with a capital G, good and true. And and fundamentally, people who think like that are are a little feel a little weird about thinking too big and, and like, okay, so I'd like to make it really good, but that doesn't really do for the thousand people. And so it's always a challenge for all of us. You and know if what I mean? you're just thinking about the thousand people, you might have a really experience. Right. And so, yeah. so people come and they, they don't stick around for very long. Yep. So this idea of growth is interesting, right? Because yeah. there's a difference between marketing and growth. Yeah. Growth is concerned with both sides of the coin. Yep. You have to be concerned with, how am I attracting people to sign up, and how am I keeping them around? And honestly, if you do have a growth, it's hard to attract people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Unless you can have them removed. Depends that. on how hard the growth is, but I mean, like you're right about both of those things concerning mm-hmm. Barrett. Yes. So uh, Barrett, we haven't like fully defined 
where we're headed with growth for Fizzle, but right. I like this framework. You've yeah, it's kind of a, a framework. So yeah. they they talk about this idea of, in some ways, of like the one versus the thousand in this book too. And they say, you know, you have to focus kind of 50% of your time on product or your services or whatever it is that mm-hmm. you're selling and kind of 50% on the growth and marketing. Yeah. And I think that kind of represents the one versus the thousand because yeah. the product is really about how one person experiences it yeah. and whether it does the job you mm-hmm. say it's going to do for them. And growth is about, but can this work for many? And can we find many people to buy this thing so that we have a business on our hands? You said, but can. But can. Um, all right, so let's jump in. I'm and, in a playful mode. <laughs> uh, my goal. Let's talk about channels. <laughs> what's cool is every time that I lead a podcast, Chase gets in playful mode because he's like, yeah, I'm off the hook. He doesn't have to. Yeah, I know. Because I don't have to drive the damn cart. And I should not be driving anyone anywhere at the state that I'm in. You know what I mean? It makes you Ever. focus, though. Chase, drive. <laughs> okay, so what's so going to happen next? So we're going to jump in. We're going to talk about as many of these channels as we can. And the yeah. point is not for you to try every channel. It's just for yeah. your, us to expand your horizons on what's possible as far as growing your business so that okay. we're not only pigeonholing you into content marketing. All right. Yeah. That said, let's start there. So we talk a lot about content marketing. Yeah. And that's, there's basically three ways to content market right now, anyways. Blogging or writing, audio, and video. Okay. Right? And so Writing, audio, and video. So I, and I oftentimes associate those with the actual place I'm ingesting that stuff. So mm-hmm. writing oftentimes on your own blog, sometimes, and I think you know, sometimes in, in a place like Medium, which if you're not familiar with is sort of like a, a sort of a news, newspaper that everybody contributes to, kind of, you know what I mean? It's like yep. you no longer blog at your own site, you blog yep. at Medium, and it's a way for people yeah. to discover you, etc. So uh, where you're writing that stuff and where, where, you're, where you're ingesting that writing stuff, where you're ingesting that, that video stuff, Oftentimes YouTube. I mean, most yeah. of the population. I would YouTube. add photos to that as well. Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you yep. could content market with photos. Mm-hmm. Anything, really. I mean, that you put out there for free that is um, idea or art sort of focused. Mm-hmm. And this is different specifically from social media? As they clear, yes. They, okay. It is different. Okay. Yep. But social media is on the spectrum, I think, if you're talking I think about it writing. Because yeah. it's really difficult to, like, for instance, where does something become a social media? That's where, like, this is this is not, you know, we're not creating not some cut and new law about this. But generally, for example, if you're writing, publish that on your own blog, for you know, or an, in Medium. I think it'd be really smart to do that, too. Um, and... And so you're you're making that stuff. I think in YouTube, YouTube to me is a social media because the only reason why I'm publishing there is because someone might find it there that wasn't searching for it. Definitely, else, yep. You know, but at the same time, it's very so the different. Lines, the lines are blurry. They are, and they're getting yeah. more blurry. You know, as as Facebook adds like video to their platform, or right. people use Facebook for long form posts and yeah. things like that, it kind of does get blurrier and blurrier. But I think. Typically speaking, you've got kind of longer form type content going on a medium or a YouTube and like, you know, Twitter started off as a micro blogging platform or whatever because mm. it was shorter form. And there but it's not snippet. about the size, you know what I mean? It's not, unless it is. <laughs> so uh, that's, that's... He looked very confident when he said that. <laughs> he that's <did>. one channel. <laughs> I do not want to go to the gym with Barrett. No, uh, you don't. <laughs> you didn't even know what you mean when you said that. <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> no. I had to Good think about it. Good metaphor, though. I was like, yeah. Uh, so content marketing, that's yeah. the one we always talk about, and it's free to do, yeah. usually. Not to be confused with it's a, content And I find that it's really helpful that, okay, so we haven't even talked about the other ones, but just so just so people know that this is just one channel. Right. Do you know what I mean? Because most of my world, all of our world is in this one channel. Yep. All, just about all of our well, world Well, I here. think we're about to find out that that's not true as we go through these channels. Yeah, we yeah we're going to see we do a lot of other stuff, but right. really... But it is talk- our main focus. When we're talking... And the cool thing about content marketing is... A lot of the other channels are enabled when you have good content. Definitely. Right? Yep. So, yep. Yep. Totally. Just a little, that's a little foreshadowing. Okay. So, uh, 
the first big one they bring up in this book is called viral marketing. And viral marketing. Wait, okay, so we're jumping to a new channel. New channel. New channel. Channel uh, number two. Viral marketing. Yeah. So this and is channel number two. This is channel number two. Talk to your doctors. Um, could be viral. That kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Hopefully not though. Yeah. But <laughs> viral marketing uh, is how Gmail grew. So Gmail, when it started, had a little like sent from Gmail thing at the bottom of their or whatever Hotmail did. You think about whatever. Hotmail? Yeah. Hotmail had a uh, Hotmail had sent from Hotmail. Gmail had in uh, uh, you had to get it was invited. invitation only. Right. Yeah. That's right. Yep. See, Barrett, some um, of us were actually there when both of those were happening. Correct. <laughs> I was like ten at that time. So <laughs> I like that. No, because that no, means you're amazing. better set up for it's like amazing. the new stuff. It's amazing. Yeah. 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 We balance each other well, you know. Mm-hmm. So viral marketing is uh, when you build growth into a product. So it's inherently shareable or you're required to share the product when you join um, importing email addresses from your contact database and automatically letting them know you're using a new product. Yeah. Yeah. Tactics like that are viral marketing. Most of the time for many of our customers, this one doesn't apply. No. But it is out there. And if you're building a software app, sometimes you can build in a viral aspect to it. Yeah, so um, Dropbox might be an example that people are familiar with. So Dropbox gave you additional space for free when you invited people. Or don't forget that when you're sharing something, you're sharing something with a Dropbox Dropbox link. You know what I mean? So So those are forms of viral marketing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. There's there's a big trend of this, like there's a virality qu- quotient. That, thanks for that, Eric Rees. Um, and the lean startup, this idea coefficient, uh, coefficient yeah, uh, same difference uh, about can you bake in this virality to your product that when, for example, in Instagram you're publishing immediately to Facebook and people are going like, hey, click over to Instagram to see my photo, right? And next thing you know, you've got this thing installed on your phone because mm-hmm. you're like, I can take photos like this too right and the barrier to entry is very low and so the question that that, that idea of like um what, what, were, what were the other good viral well, so, so the viral coefficient is essentially yeah how many people are brought into the platform for each person who signs up mm-hmm. so if my viral coefficient is one that means for every person who signs up they end up inviting one other person who signs up for the platform. Yeah. So if you get your viral coefficient above one mm-hmm. and the time that people sign up is short enough, then you start growing like a hockey stick, like yeah. crazy. Yeah, massively. And uh, you can imagine like Facebook doesn't have a big growth problem right now, do they? No. Because the viral coefficient of that product is like, what do you mean you're not on Facebook? But just like viruses, what happens is there's a, there's a ceiling for that. So it's yep. an S curve. So it grows like a hockey stick and then it approaches its maximum yeah. possible yeah. It it basically saturates the population. MPS, and then it max kind of, possible saturation. And then, and then there's an asymptote mm-hmm. that it gets closer and closer well, to. You know what they say about asymptotes. And uh and it maxes out. And so Facebook Dudes will with get totes there. are asymptotes. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I took your point, Corbin. It was a good point. <laughs> so you're math. right. But it's math. It's math. It's math. Turn it inside out. Jesus did. So for the majority of our audience, um, <laughs> that was a callback to Barrett and I were talking before. I was, I was, oh man, it was that's a great callback. Yeah, yeah, he did have to be there, but it's okay. I was there, so it's cool. Yeah. Um. So we're. I don't want to spend too much time on that one because for yeah. the majority of our audience, this one doesn't apply. What are they talking about when they're talking? So they're talking about the virality of the product when they're using the example of Hotmail with the signature right. thing, Gmail with the invitation only right. thing. Um. So that's the viral coefficient stuff that yep. we were just talking about. But there's a. But then there's that other stuff of, of viral, viral pieces of content, right? Yeah. You know, like so. I I engineered a piece of viral content. Based on, so episode 86 is how to reverse engineer massively shareable content. Um, and we did that and it ended up being really shareable when we did that 50 images post. Yeah, but something, but 
the whole idea of virality is watered down. So yeah. to say I made a viral piece of content that reached 5,000 people right. or 10,000 Compa- people, compared it's a joke. A million it's a joke. Or something, yeah. If, yeah, if you make like something that reaches millions of people um, and starts growing and growing and yeah. growing and growing and growing. I still think I can make a viral blog post, you guys. Viral content is the kind of thing like that, you know, on YouTube all of a sudden 100 million people saw. Yeah. Right. Like, a ba- like a baby dancing. Yeah. It's a pretty tough... Tough. Uh, I know, but like, when you what are you gonna do? You're gonna set your you set your goal at, at at 15 million people seeing your thing. Like maybe you could set it at at 5,000, and that's viral enough for you. Right. Right. Yeah. So when are you When are you sick enough? As the kids say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those <laughs> Am kids. I right. Okay. So third channel. Um, one and two were content marketing and viral marketing. Three is PR, public relations. Okay. Um, and public relations is basically. Uh, some people call it like earned media where you do something that's newsworthy. So you get covered in a magazine or on television or in a newspaper or something like that. So this is more of like a traditional technique that's been used for as long as media has been around. And the idea is that you would pitch people on a story worth telling about your company or your customers Yep, and then get covered there. Um, somebody who's really well known in this space is Ryan Holiday for his book, Trust Me, I'm Lying, that kind of reveals a bunch of secrets about how he mm-hmm. got clients of his uh, great coverage in the media. Like Tim Ferriss. Exactly. Yep. Tim Ferriss, uh, Tucker Max, people like that. Yep. A, lot of, a lot of cool guys is what I'm hearing. Exactly. A lot of cool guys with sex stories. Neat. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you going to bleep that? <laughs> okay, sure. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I didn't even think about it. Uh, Sometimes Chase forgets that we're on air. I know. Good grief. Sometimes I do. All right. And all right. So, but um, but public relations is so old school, though, right? It is so old school. But the point is, it's not dead. Wait, but no. the The new version would be like like not public relations. It's like befriending a journalist. Yes, definitely. So let me let me give an example from would love that Inside Fizzle. Um, We have a founder story with Andrea Ayers who uh, runs a site called Launch, Grow, Joy, and she has a lot of experience making physical products. Um, And she figured out that you can find lists of content calendars for various magazines. And so let's say a magazine is publishing an article in December about 15 gifts, 15 unique gifts you can buy, you know, for your spouse. Um, Andrea would contact these magazines herself. She didn't even work with a, a PR person. She would contact these magazines herself and say, hey, I've got these really interesting candles. They're made from horse wax. Yeah, horse wax is fa- <laughs> fabulous for candles. Whatever. Yeah. And, uh, Organic soy, clean burning wicks. And there you all that go. Kind of there thing. you yeah. go. Oh, wow. That's more realistic. Mm-hmm. And, um, and she would get her products featured in those, uh, on those content calendars, right. basically, in those magazines. And she did that herself. Exactly. So it's a, it's a creative way. She and, and she got a lot of business way. from yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. And she figured out like what the lead time was on that. She had to email the writer six months yep. ahead of time and get on their schedule. And uh, she did. She got a ton of business that way. She grew her business that way in many ways. Yep. Um, does this apply to TV as well? She, or is it she only gets print? into that in her founder story, by the way? She does. Oh, yeah. interesting. So, that's, so she details all of that inside of um, her founder story in Fizzle. Right. TV, uh, they do have editorial like meetings and schedules for their programming. It's shorter lead time, though. But I'm just saying, getting getting featured on TV is that considered PR? Yeah, definitely. Okay. Yep. So like, yep. 
being on the Ellen show or, or whatever, you know, or some lower yeah. version. So of we that. know, love we know some people Ellen show. Let's do that guys. So we know some people who are featured like Gary Vaynerchuk, for yeah. example, is so, regularly featured on CNBC and whatnot. Yep. So he's worked hard. He was on Conan and all kinds of stuff. Definitely. So he's worked hard to make contacts with mm-hmm. those channels and somehow to get on their radar. Right. Right. Totally. And he's featured as like a, an expert there on whatever social media basically. And, uh, part of that was just him hustling as he would put it. Okay. Uh, and getting in there. So why, why are we talking about social media right now? Why are we not? You know what? I, this just pisses me off. Sorry. uh, You probably can't tell, but that was good. It's trying. That's good. It's all right. No, it's all, like it. yeah. We'll let you. We'll let, we'll let you try. I'll give you that one. Ah, damn. So I was that was trying, uh, that was channel number three. PR public yeah. relations. Okay. Um, this is. I would say that that strategy can be used by some of our audience, and it's probably not used very often by most people who are inside yeah. of Fizzle. Yeah. No. And and I said earlier, it's a tough one. And it is hard. I, but you know what I think? I when you realize the kinds of people that get on TV regularly. Yeah. You know. Um, they don't necessarily have anything that's more interesting or relevant than and you do to say. Honestly. It's just that they, for some reason, they they see TV or print as a viable channel for them. And I think if we changed how Fizzlers think about print and TV, and ourselves even, mm-hmm, as well, mm-hmm. and about the possibilities. Well, I keep thinking about, whole, about uh, uh, when Tim Ferriss did some, like, he's like, I did, I did TV, I did radio, I did these several things, yeah. and nothing was bigger than what uh, some, like, uh, interactive thing he did. Something mm-hmm. on someone's blog right, somewhere, right? right? Yeah. You know, that, that's just the world we live in now, is you can actually drive more and better engagement. Right. Like, not even just, like, like less numbers, but, like, it was a better, it was good engagement. It's like, no, you can actually drive more people. But the interesting thing about these channels is what, what it's easy to overlook the impact you might have on a handful of really important people, depending mm. on the channel that you're in, mm-hmm. versus trying to reach actual customers who are going to sign up for something. So there are different yeah. benefits that you might be looking for here. Yeah, um, and basically anyone who's got one of those, like, as seen on CNN and Time and whatever, they have used this strategy uh, effectively to get featured there. So one really down-to-earth way to take advantage of PR is to sign up for um, Haro, Help a Reporter Out. And basically you'll get a daily email that's categorized yeah. uh, by, like, subject area. And it's reporters all looking for people to quote in their stories. Mm-hmm. And so if you get into those loops, you can start getting quoted as an expert on certain topics. Yes. And then other reporters, once you've been featured one place, will trust you even more and maybe look to you in the future for that same kind of feature. There's another list called Stalker Reporter, and it tells you where reporters are dining. And you just show up and uh, pitch them your idea. Was that a was that a court bomb? You tell me. <laughs> okay. Uh, moving on. I do like um, that stalker reporter. <laughs> Where they're eating dinner. So they, they use... I, I love that. I love the like 15% of our audience who's like, okay, hold on. What is that? A stalker reporter? You just show up and they're there? Okay, interesting. So they, they have another channel here called Unconventional PR, which are basically stunts. And we're just not going to talk about it. Yeah. Just, just wear your underwear to work yeah. one day. So, uh, people will know. Basically David Blaine. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Stuff if, like that. If you can put like, a uh, wire hanger if, through your hand, then you're, yeah. you're really going to get a lot of customers. If you can spend seven days underwater, that's unconventional <laughs> PR. Right. <laughs> yep. Uh, or like there was a, a nonprofit at my university that did this thing where they flew a helicopter over the football stadium and like the student, the main student area and dropped Chick-fil-A cows holding advertisements for their nonprofit onto campus. 
and people like caught them. Wow, there's a lot of interesting things about that. There yeah, is a but lot. But now these are not real but cows. That's a stunt. This, no, it's not a real They're like cow. Like little cow plush yeah. things yeah. on a parachute. Right. And, like another example, uh, the dude who just flew a gyroscope into the White House. Yes. yes. <laughs> he got a lot of PR for that. I he saw did. that. I saw a few. That was unconventional. <laughs> yeah. We don't recommend those things. No. Always. Did you see the Did you see the Daily Show report of that? Where he's like. Nobody's going to talk about your issue just because you flew a gyroscope into the damn White House. And then it shows like nine clips from like CNN and everybody exactly. talking about it. he was doing it to talk about the uh, wealth inequality gap. Exactly. And then <laughs> the dude, uh, the, the black reporter for, for uh, The Daily Show was like, wait a minute. We have been marching for years, and all we needed to do, there's not one black person who drives a gyroscope. <laughs> it was amazing. Uh, it's terrific okay so um so listen we've talked about content marketing viral marketing public relations yep. uh stunt basically something stunts or yeah we'll call it stunts stunts we're jackie channing it so let's get back into one that might actually be yeah used. let's uh, yeah let's get to the some um, usable stuff search engine marketing so this is different than seo which is you know positioning your content so that it gets found easily from search engines search engine marketing is where you're paying to display ads alongside search results s-e-m that's right so uh, there's like usually two ads at the top of every search that pop up right at the top. That right every now, person, right now, four weeks from now, it'll probably be out sure, of date. Sure, you're right. It'll totally it changes be all the time. Not right. Yep. There are a couple ads up top right now, and then there's a bunch of ads on the side of every search results yep. page. People are paying to be there, and it's basically a bidding war to see who will pay the most to display next to certain search terms. Mm-hmm. Uh, that one's pretty played out by now, but early on in the search engine game, that was a really effective way for a lot of companies to grow. Mm-hmm. And if you have like a pretty obscure company that doesn't have a ton of competition, that might still be something that's effective. It just kind of depends on your market. It can to- no, it can totally be effective and it, and it can be smart. There's a lot of, so in all of these things, it, there's a lot of, there's, there's, so for instance, with public relations, it's like, wow, you're going to hire, uh, like I've worked in startups where we hired a, a PR company yep. and we spent so much money with them and we got, Zilch. Zilch. Even when you get print, even when you get reported on somewhere, really? they're like, "What did we do that for?" Yep. Because there's it, there is zero impact, but some of that can add up over time, right? Yep. So all of these can be really valuable, and they also can be total wastes of time. Yeah. So in Definitely. this one specifically, you're talking about SEO, or you're talking about SEM. SEM. You're talking about paid SEM. Paid search. So paid search, okay? Because SEO is a part of that content marketing thing, where it's like, honestly, if you just write about a lot of, if you sat down and said, okay, here's my customer, my customer that that my ideal customer that buys this thing that I've made has, has and then all these write questions. down write down all the questions that they have, write down yeah. every problem that they yep. have, everything related to your to your thing, write down every feature of your thing, then write blog posts around every one of those. This is called like you know just going for the long tail strategy right. of things. Yep. That is that is intensely valuable. That's why content. That's why we're alive today. Is yeah, that a separate channel? It is. And so we're talking about it right now. Okay. And that's uh, our favorite word, corollary. That's a corollary to content marketing. Corollary? <laughs> corollary. 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 I got to take my toe to corollary. Corollary. <laughs> a corollary to SEM? No, to, to content, content marketing. marketing is SEO or SEM? SEO. <laughs> I love it. Search Hold engine, on. Well, Who's on first? Chase, Chase jumped over to SEO real quick. Okay. Well, let's, so, let's jump back. Let's jump back. SEM. Let's start an SEM. Okay. Yes. So uh, you were talking about SEM first. Correct. This is just the paid for version of like, how do I get featured on those first little ad right. things or I get featured as an advertisement? Yep. So we can, the truth is we can poo poo all of these things and yet they're all very effective. Yeah, and for somebody's out businesses. there like crushing it with it. Yes. So, Definitely. Yep. So an example, yep. uh, I have a video we can link to down below this with a guy named Fraser Kane who mm-hmm. runs a site called Universe today yep um i interviewed him 
a long time ago for Think Traffic. And um, he figured this out. He wrote an article. I believe his daughter had a question like, how far is the is Earth from the sun? Okay, and he writes uh, Universe Today. So he's talking about astrology or astronomy stuff, not astrology, astronomy. Mm-hmm. And, um, Two different things. And he decides to write a blog post answering this question because his daughter had it. He writes the blog post, publishes it, and then like a month later, he notices, wow, that blog post is getting a lot of traction today, a month after I wrote it. And before, he noticed every blog post he wrote would have this big like blip, and then it would die off, and nobody would ever read it again. Mm. This one kind of carried on, and it was like – just a, a fountain. I love it. It's just, he's immediately right there. Boom, 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 Seven dudes out there going like, yeah, woo, Kansas. <laughs> Don't you cry no more. <laughs> Nailed it. So he thinks to himself, well, if this worked for this one question, what other questions are there about astronomy? So anyway, long story short, Fraser adopts the strategy to answer basically every astronomy question someone might have. And he stops publishing them as blog posts because it's going to annoy his readers to get a bunch of like mm-hmm. really fundamental questions. Mm-hmm. Instead, he just buries them on his site as sort of an encyclopedia of questions about astronomy wow. knowledge. He ends up getting millions of search visits every month. I think at some point in the interview, I forget what he said, 10 million search visits a month or something wow. from this strategy. And he was able to farm it out to VAs to, to write the answers to these questions. Wow, it's not complicated. You, you had me until then. But I'm just saying, and it basically... And he, he was able to just just like plagiarize uh, papers from the from the encyclopedias. It was amazing. No, I know what you're saying. It's, no, but it's he, fascinating. So, and for him, it was arbitrage. He basically said, right. I have to pay a VA $5 to answer this question, and on average, I get X views, and that equates to X dollars in advertising yeah. revenue. And it worked out for him. Right, yeah. And so Google's got all kinds of formulas they use to, uh, like validate ads so your page actually if it's more helpful for answering the, the search term then it's less expensive and they got all kinds of stuff going on there so yeah. you'd have to do a ton of research to figure the whole search engine marketing thing out but it's there and you should just know about it um yeah. so now let's jump over to seo mm-hmm. and seo Wait, is different and that's what his answer, that's what answer i was just was talking about, about. okay yeah. so that is seo right because yes. he yeah. wasn't paying to send people there exactly right mm-hmm. so um SEO is great for your content. You want to make sure that... And again, just search engine optimization. This just means you have things on your site. Correct. That are, and, and really, the lowest common denominator of optimizing your pages for search engine stuff is pretty, pretty minimal. It's pretty easy. You know, make yep. sure your title's right. Make sure you got your H1 tag in there. Your, format, your content's formatted correctly. It sounds like now Google's making a big move towards like if your site isn't mobile friendly, that's going right. to be a big deal. Make sure that your site is fast. Yep. You want it to be fast. fast. It's all just standard stuff. If you just yeah. think about usability, that's what Google's whole ethos is. How do we get people to connected to better content right. to answer their questions? Because right. they only win. The right, relevant, yes. good content that other that entices other people to talk about on their own site. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then and then if all else is equal, if your content is is as good as someone else's, they're gonna send the people, the searching people to the better performing site first. Yeah. The faster site, mm-hmm. the more mobile friendly site. So that's why they're making all these updates is okay, all these people have great content. How do we differentiate between where we yeah. send people? And so they're figuring out, hey, people are searching on phones. More than fifty percent of search traffic is coming from mobile now. So we're gonna start optimizing for mobile friendly sites. Yep. So yes. Google's job is to send people to the best content in the way that they want to consume it. And if your site matches up with that, great, you're going to do okay. And you're search. right about SEO being the corollary to content marketing. 
because there's no SEO. Uh, you know, you, you can't optimize uh, content that doesn't exist. Right. Right. So let's move on from there because could that SEO essentially just mean that in terms of and like we've done like episodes about it. Yeah. What 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 are the questions? I SEO pissed off. I pissed off everybody in the SEO industry. Yeah. Rightfully so. They're, they're, they do provide a valuable service, but it's like, uh, and, and but but ninety nine point nine percent don't, and it's annoying. Yeah, because I get emails every day from people that I've never heard from before saying that we can optimize your site for blah blah blah. Yeah, and uh, it's BS. It's no bueno. Okay, what's a, what's another one? Sorry, uh, just numbering a couple things here. So uh, another one is that everyone here should know about by now is email marketing. So oh, you're talking about uh, email marketing. Email marketing. So email uh, marketing, uh, you're using Aweber or MailChimp or ConvertKit or Drip or any of the email, big email provider, Infusionsoft, mm-hmm. GetResponse, blah, 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 blah. Uh, and the point is you want uh, – Seth Godin coined the term or used the term permission marketing to describe this where somebody gives you their email address so that you can get back in touch with them. And you earn trust from them the more value you provide to them over time by sending them relevant content to their life, by solving problems that they have in their life. So this is another way to get people content that they're looking for from you. And I've seen a lot of people uh, in recent days, people I really respect, who don't even have a blog. You go to their website and they say, here, I I have an email uh, newsletter that I send out uh, once every two weeks or once a week or whenever I get to it. You can sign up here. There's even places like Tiny Letter. Which I believe allow you to charge like two dollars a month mm-hmm. to get that email. Right. Um, fascinating stuff for like if you can. It, now you're not now when you're just doing that. If you if I show up on your site and I don't see any of your stuff, I just can sign up on your email. I'm probably not gonna get a lot of SEO traffic. Yep. You know, search engine traffic right. type stuff. Unless there's like hidden back there and I just can't get to them. Right. And and some of the guys that we were talking about a few episodes ago, um, who are brain pickings. Yeah. And, yeah. And, uh, well, and specifically, um, Farnham Street, the guy that wears the glasses Dave in Pell. his profile, Dave Pell. Yeah. Um, his site feels very much like you land on it. I need to sign up for the newsletter because yeah. that's the focus. But if you dig, yeah, there are ar- archives, archives of yeah. what he sent. So yep. he, he probably gets SEO benefits from that as well. And in our world, uh, like we've mentioned a hundred million times, uh, basically everybody that we've heard from, we've, I, I always ask the same question. What do you wish you would have known? earlier mm-hmm. when you start your business mm-hmm. almost everybody the the immediate answer is i wish i would have started my email list earlier totally because there was a time i don't know if you know this but there was a time where we didn't talk about this all the time which makes me think like okay there's going to be a new thing after this there will maybe the, and, and maybe that's already happening right now there's just so much there's so much in email i remember jason freed talking about like why would we build that into the product at Basecamp when we can just use email. Right. Like that's that's yeah. the lowest common denominator yeah, of functionality. Right now it is for sure. It's still a very solid thing. Now keep looking for well, other stuff. Who knows? Snapchat Facebook's the lowest common denominator. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Snapchat might be a way, like a way better channel for you uh, in that regard. But but suffice it to say, when we can send out an email to you and get you to click a link from there because we made something that you're like, oh yeah, I wonder what they, I wonder what their take on this is. Yep. Or what do you mean uh, the uh, SEO? Well, tell me more about that, right? right? When I can, when I can interest you in a thing and then you can click it. This is means I can come and get that in email whenever I want it. Versus right. in Twitter, where if I don't see that at the time it goes out. I'm never going to see that. Right. Do you understand? Mm-hmm. And the key to mm-hmm. and the key to email is how many people are reading and engaging with your stuff or, or watching or listening or whatever. It's really about 
yeah, you want a lot of people on your list, but more than anything, you want a lot of engaged people on your list. Yeah, and this is this is more important than any of the channels I've seen thus far. Obviously, we haven't gotten anywhere we are without most of, of these, except for stunts in public relations, environment marketing, and SEM. But, but... Uh, <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I am a sort of a stunt devil, uh, and I do all my own stunts. Actually, yeah, I mean, check it, Chad. We go way back. Um, but email marketing to me is—I hate—I hate calling it email marketing when I can get someone so convinced that they want to hear what I have to say next that they're like, "Okay, I'll try, I'll get on your email list." So yeah. I do this all the time, or I, I love to watch this happen at Ice to the Brim, where I do nothing. I do nothing except for collect quotes from books that I and that I'm loving, right? Just books to me, uh, quotes to me that are about the creative process. They're about how do we do art and commerce or just one or the other? Or like, is there any way to live well? Can you, is, is happiness even an option? You know, all these sorts of things. The people who are signing up there, they get an email automated by MailChimp using my RSS every Saturday morning. I don't do anything. I'm not growing that. Right. And the email is just slowly goes up by a handful of people every mm-hmm. week. Uh, obviously, because we're all, exi- I'm, I'm out everywhere else too. But I love the fact that the people who are collecting there, the people who are collecting themselves there, you guys, if you could give up on the fact that this needs to get any sort of traction in the next five years, the people who are collecting at Ice to the Brim right now are my effing people. They are like interested in the same kinds of things. Like, like everybody in Fizzle is interested in building a business, but there's a lot of different stuff mm-hmm. that they're that, that that like they they could be a part of. And I said, it's like it's the same kind of like you meet these kind of people at the bar, and you're just like, oh my god, I didn't know you watched that movie too. Mm-hmm. Wow, weird. Like I'm a huge Totoro fan as well. Oh my god, like really? Like you were back at Get Up Kids back in the day? They're really into Kansas. <laughs> really into, they're really carrying on their wayward sons. But like that to me, that is like remember we we, we talked about like self actualization might be the goal of all of. <laughs> us when we're talking about building these businesses uh, i remember kaylin huntress talking about uh, in one of the comments to the to the uh, the six roadmap episodes when uh, one of us said you know the best part about this is you get to discover yourself on your business mm-hmm. you know what i mean because we really are it, email marketing like that's what that means to me it doesn't mean like how do I put a freebie in the thing to get them to sign up or do blah blah blah. Well, but blah. again, that's that's the difference between the being one person concerned about the thousand people versus the one. Totally, because we know for a fact what happens when you put a freebie in there. More people. Sign More up. people sign up. You go like, hey, listen, welcome to the welcome to my Cosmonaut site. Uh, here's the ten most. Here's my my little tiny PDF like ebook on the ten most common questions people ask about the universe. Right, right. It's like boom. Okay, give me that son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, I'm signing up right now. Yeah, right, like that massively. And so all you have to do is just take that number ten. Say the ten most common questions from people who are interested in. Your topic here. Make yes. it look pretty. Yep. Make it look pretty, man. Apple iBooks. Boom. That's email marketing. That's channel number seven. Is there anything you wanted to say on email marketing? Ten things. Ten things. <laughs> <laughs> number one, let's talk about uh, graphics. Ding, ding, ding. Okay. What's next? Uh, next is... We've got about five minutes left, so let's see how many we can get through. And this one, they call it targeting blogs, otherwise known as guest posting. Uh, targeting blogs. I think I like that. Isn't that interesting the way they, they phrase it? Yeah. It's basically guest posting. Though. Right. Yeah. Um, and most people do this t- terribly. They pitch and they send out 1,000 emails and they say they tried and everyone says no because the pitch is generic, terrible, and well, not relevant to the site. And they write blogs which don't accept guest posts. Right. Yeah. It's just not going to happen. Exactly. Yeah. You're not going to get a guest post on Seth Godin's blog. No. No. 
Because that's not what that's for. He but I keep emailing him every day. I keep trying. Yeah. Well, keep it up. Politely, yeah. he responds every time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, but no. Yeah. Um, so the, the key with guest posting is be relevant. Be relevant. Be personal. Know that they accept be guest yourself, posts. Be yourself. Be kind. Have, be relevant. Be yourself. Be kind. Uh, we only have three rules within Fizzle. Um, one of the things to think about there is everybody loves a, a true fan. And I get emails, and I can I think I can tell the difference between someone who isn't a true fan and is just kind of like pulling my chain, yeah. trying to sound like a true fan, and someone who really like is my people. Right. And I could totally be do- fooled uh, one way or the other, but there is an effectiveness there when right. people are asking and they're and they're coming at you in a way that's like and not and they're they're normally not never on the first email asking for right. for being published and they they never end up asking until like a long ways down the right. road. And you already know them at that point. It's like, oh yeah, sure. It's it's a it's a fascinating thing. But like, yeah, getting on guest po- get like we know a lot of people that that's been a big deal for. Steve Cam from Nerd Fitness, email or guest posting at Art of Manliness. Mm-hmm. John Corcoran, yep. emailing or you know, guest posting at Art of Manliness. You yep. see a trend there? Uh, if you're a man mm-hmm. and you want to talk to men, yep. go to Art of Manliness. And the same thing goes for guesting on podcasts too. Same concept. Yeah. Uh, if you but know that the podcast accept guests before you pitch them. You know, mm-hmm. we get pitched all the time for the Fizzle Show, and it's like, <laughs> I got news. There's three of us, and we don't have enough time as it is, so and no. so many of those entrepreneurs are in Abu Dhabi. Why, why is that? <laughs> what is up with that? <laughs> we love you if you're in Abu Dhabi, just not if you pitch us and it's not appropriate. Yeah. Um, all right, let's keep going. Uh, let's see here. We've got, uh, I love this one. It's near and dear to my heart right now, offline events. Yeah, you love offline events. I'm big on connecting in person, and I think Fizzlers are too. They really are. They are. They're big on it. And uh, we're about we, to find out. We are about to find out. We are launching Meetups 2.0 right now. In fact, where should people go if they'd like to attend a if Fizzle? They meetup? would like to attend a Fizzle oh, Meetup. Snap. Anyone listening to this can go uh, fizzle.co/meetups with an S. And um, we have how many of those happening around the world? We have at least thirty over the next thirty days or so. Um, and, and these are just fizzlers, people who are interested in the same kinds of things, namely building a business they actually care about, mm-hmm. making it successful, Definitely. Ch- challenging the status quo of like what, like like oh you're supposed to work at some company and then just hopefully that they'll have a pension Singing for Kansas you. Kansas songs out of harmony, just like carrying on Wayward Sons, and every once in a while just going like we're back, you know, every once in a while, just every once in a while though. And the reason this is valuable, and in my case for it, and why I push so hard for it is when you are you alone, you so hard. yeah, I felt locally. It. Uh, and you feel like your your spouse doesn't get it, your family doesn't get it, your friends don't get it. You need someone there with you who can commiserate over the struggles you're going through or yeah. the ambitions you have. Where did we talk about it? this recently? Where I where I I got to. What were we talking about? Where I was like, you know what? It's gonna be. It's always gonna be a little bit uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. It all every time I've gone out to a meetup type thing, every single time, always I've been like, yes, man, I don't really want to go. Like, I don't know. I mean, I'll be stuck there. There'll be like a bunch of people that are weird and I, and I just won't feel comfortable, you know? Yep. And every time I've gone to, to a meetup for something, I've been glad that I went. Yeah. Well, and these fizzle meetups are, they're intimate. I mean, yeah, these are different. These are really easy. It's like maybe 10 people generally and, uh, or sometimes like five. And you know, if they listen to the fizzle show or subscribe to the sparkling or our fizzlers, it's like they're not afraid of a few, uh, you know, uh, little, you can uh, bring up, you can bring up a cord bomb. You yeah. bring up a cord if, if, you go, if you go through the trouble of getting in your car or, or getting on the bus or train or whatever and showing up to the place, don't turn around and leave before you find the people. <laughs> do not that do that. It's happened so often. Do Does not it really? do that. Yes, people show up all the time. And they're like, ah, I don't know exactly who I'm looking for. Ah, I'm freaking out. And they leave. 
Mm. Don't do that. If you're going to go there... That's happened the to me where I couldn't find a parking space, and I was just like, oh, I'm, I'm out of here. Exactly, because it's mm. the easiest thing, easy yeah. thing to do. And show up. Okay, so, there, but, like, how fun. can someone... I mean, use, so we're... we're let, so here, listen, this is why we're using offline events, so that our people can connect and uh, communicate with one another. They, they can... They, it, 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 something real happens when you're, when you're both trying to build a business, and you meet each other in meet space, Right. Uh, how can how can other like what are the common trends of using uh, so the offline interesting events? thing about offline events for us for fizzle even though none of us will be at most of these meetups we'll be at like the portland one this week and i'll be at the atlanta one and whatever um is that people uh think or they think we are the reason they made the relationships they make at those things mm-hmm. because we're the brand name on it or whatever so yeah. they associate whatever happens there with our brand yeah. and that creates value and loyalty and trust with us uh, with those people, unless the person uh, putting the event together ends up being like a Nazi, totally. It's like I'm glad you're all here because I wanted to introduce yes. you to phase two. That's not good. We don't want that. Yeah, try yes. to phase them that out. That is not us. No. Um. So that's why it's valuable for you. So uh, this can often be more valuable later in the growth stage as you have a bigger audience and mm-hmm. more people. Or if you have a super local business, you might just start a meetup for people like you in your city or whatever, mm-hmm. especially if you're offering, offering services that are in-person kind of services. Yeah. Hosting a meetup, just putting it up on meetup.com or whatever can be a great way to get started. Okay, we've got time for one more. What? One what? more. We Woo! do? Yeah, man. Um, let's see which one I want to pick here. Uh, I'm going to choose speaking engagements. Make count. I think, I think this is speaking relevant. Speaking engagements. Too. What? Um, speaking engagements can be a great growth channel, especially if you don't need thousands and thousands and thousands of customers. I'm skeptical. I know you are. Oh, he's skeptical. That's okay. Um, but for a lot of our audience, especially service providers, hmm. if you're a freelancer sure. All right. um, or you're a coach I'm or with a you. consultant, speaking can be a great way to build trust with people who otherwise would never uh, consider hiring you just by seeing your website or whatever. Now, there's two, there's a couple things to think about here. Well, a while ago, uh, I, I've been a speaker. I've been a speaker for a long time. I'm I'm decent at it. You if speak you run, a lot. If you run an event, you speak a lot. If day you run to an day. event, and you want it to be awesome. You could probably get uh, Corbett Barrett or myself to show up and and uh, do something amazing. That's true. But uh, at the same time, when I was speaking a lot, I was lo- I, I did a bit, like a kind of a, an audit or a study on TED Talks. And I looked at like the top you know whatever fifty of the most popular TED Talks. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of these like charming good people there and a surprisingly high amount also of people who are terrible on stage yep. but have an amazing story to tell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes and oftentimes through data. More steak, less through, sizzle. Through <laughs> more more steak, less sizzle. So um, a couple things to notice, and this I'm kind of stamp, stepping on my own tail here. Mm-hmm. Beware of anybody who's charming because mm-hmm. charm actually... The devil's charming. Yeah. Charm is a sign of lack of substance mm. not not that they're not always and everywhere Ooh. not always and everywhere but just so you know i got charming not because i was really good at other stuff wow <laughs> do you know what i mean do you understand mm. so so when you say like i'm not a very good speaker yeah good good that means you might have something actually worthwhile to say mm-hmm. now that's not always and everywhere gonna pay i mean that you're gonna try harder too well sorry you know what i say uh, yeah 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 you could you, you you you're gonna need to try harder so speaking engagements are always going to be terrifying because it's not as we all know it's the number one fear for most people right. is public speaking well that and um being naked in public and uh being, being naked in public is surprisingly actually very easy for me um whereas speaking is very difficult but uh it, like <laughs> why are you laughing why, are you, why would you look at me you shaking way? your head Barry. yeah why are you shaking your head this is everyone knows this um uh i have a condition but my arugula oblongata I can keep going. Same parts of the brain. It's the almond-shaped part. Uh, 
<laughs> but but like so when you think about having a speaking engagement thing, uh, it's terrifying. Yep. Everybody in the world, especially if they've never done it before, they're like, I'm never going to use that. First of all, I just want to try to say, okay, you're totally never going to use it. But let's just think about it for a second. Mm-hmm. Now, what does it actually get you? Okay, I've spoken at, at at NMX or some of these bigger conferences and done little rooms and a little bit bigger rooms and I've and I've done events that were very specialized. Corbett did the wine wine blog wine bloggers event. What was it? Keynoted that bitch. Keynote you keynoted <laughs> you keynoted the wine is Woo! it wine bloggers though? Was it wine bloggers? Yeah, the wine bloggers conference. That's amazing. I think did Andy put that together? Andy Purdue? No, up? it was in California. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. But uh but uh, you were, there's all of these events for these very specific, yep. very specific sort of things. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a lot more, a lot more opportunity in looking at places like, like that. Like the Tandem Bike Riders Association. Yes. Definitely. Unikilt, so, Unikilt Association. A couple things that can come from speaking engagements. Number one, if you want to be, uh, or if you are an author, um, or you want to be that kind of like thought leader archetype to go back to that episode, yeah. um, you can sell books. So sometimes authors will uh, speak for a cheaper fee in exchange for the conference organizer buying a copy of their book for every person there. And so that ups your book sales for that week um, and gets your ideas in the hands of more people, which mm-hmm. can be good for you if you're a thought leader type. Okay. Um, secondly, a guy named Greg Hickman is doing some good work on using mobile uh, and SMS to convert people listening to your talk in the audience oh, to cool. email subscribers. There you go. Yeah. So you like text a code thing and you like get that. subscribed to an email thing. Because that's hard. It is really Speaking, hard. Speaking, you speak and then everybody goes home, they forget about it. Right. Yep. And then they're like, well, who is that talk? But and then they can't it, remember Yeah, the and that's awesome. Another thing I've always done is I bake in a handful of freebies or like exactly. I, I do a little, uh, like I'll have like, listen, I'd love to show you this one video. Go over to the site. Uh, go to this, you know, go to fizzle.co slash WDS right. or fizzle.co slash something. See, I, I prefer to do an immediate high pressure sales. You can't leave yep. until you make a decision. Yeah, like, and it's really an upsell for another conference. Yeah. And that it's, it's uh, is, um, 10 times the price. Core bomb. But 10 times the value. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, um, but, but in reality, if you're, uh, if you're a service provider or even if you're us, fizzle, you can use customer case studies as stories in your talk that often illustrate some of the points. Oh you're man, making. I have so many, so many tips on speaking. Oh my goodness, oh, I can't wait. We got. Know, we should do this. We're going to be doing something with. Uh, with. Uh, we're going to be doing something pretty soon. Yeah, right. that's exciting. Yep. And yep. but the point being, it demonstrates the value you provide to the people that pay you. Yes. And oftentimes, the people in the audience who identify with those stories yep. will get in touch with you to maybe hire you later. Yeah. So. Uh, that's 10 that's marketing 10. channels that you can use to grow your business. Okay, so let's go over them again. Content marketing, viral marketing, public relations, stunts, SEM, SEO, email marketing, guest posting, offline events, and speaking engagements. Oh my God, you guys, we didn't get to Jazz Hands. We didn't get to Jazz Dang Hands. Literally. Man. That is such a good channel. One of the largest channels growing today. Yes. Jazz Hands and Yik Yak. Oh, <laughs> I have been Chase Boardman Reeves. I've been Corbett Barr. And I've been Bear Down Burks. And we will see you on the next Fizzle Friday. Carry on my wayward son. There'll be peace where you are done. Lay a weary head to rest. Don't you cry no more. What is that? Oh, that's just the headphones. Oh, the bum 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 bum. So there you have it. 
fizzleshow.co slash 107 is where you're going to find the show notes for this episode. We do this for every episode where we take notes, include links, embed videos that we mentioned in the show, and more. On this one, you can find a link to that meetup page we were talking about so you can actually get together with other motivated entrepreneurs. Again, find that at fizzleshow.co slash 107. Here's an iTunes review from Italy Made Easy in Australia. Seriously, why isn't everyone listening to these guys? The Fizzle team are amazing and their info is honest and spot on. Funny, conversational, not intimidating, and very relatable. Keep it coming, guys. No, you keep it coming, Italy Made Easy. Thanks for leaving us a review. And now to you, dear listener. Maybe you could jump into iTunes and quickly leave us a, an iTunes review. It means the world to us because it helps other entrepreneurs find this show. Uh, people out there struggling to put their butt on the line to build something that they care about. And that's who we build our stuff for. That's probably who you are. So if you get a chance, could you please uh, open up iTunes and leave us a little review? I'd love to hear from you. Okay. You know, this last couple weeks, we've been working behind the scenes, creating new stuff for Fizzlers. Uh, And if you're in Fizzle right now, you can check one of the new things. Uh, The new Lesson Theater page we made. I even put a little tiny spinning progress bar thing down at the bottom and made it so you can click to stop it from spinning in case things that spin frustrate you. Because when I think about the experience of the one person instead of the thousand or hundred thousand, I get creative and thoughtful, and that's exactly how I want to live. Thanks. I'll talk to you next Fizzle Friday.